This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon, this is Front Row on The Bigger Picture and I'm Sharmila Ganesan. In this age of being able to take and store thousands of photographs with ease, it is quite easy to overlook the unique position that photographs have had throughout the history of their existence, particularly in terms of photography's cultural significance. So an ongoing exhibition at Ilham Gallery called Bayangnya Itu Timbul Tenggelam, Photographic Cultures in Malaysia, is happening until the 31st of December and it aims to capture some of exactly this by displaying Malaysian photographs from the 1920s to the 1970s. So joining me to tell us more are the exhibition's curators, K. Azril Ismail, Hu Fanchon and Simon Soon. How are you guys doing? Yeah, we're doing well. We're doing fine. Thank you. I think the the best place to start would actually be at this very interesting title, Bayangkan Itu Timbul Tenggelam. What is the significance of it? Well, the this particular title... Um, is an interesting bit because this particular text arrived from uh, the writing from Munshi Abdullah, who is a teacher and a scholar. I think certainly uh, most historian or Malay historians would certainly know the mm-hmm. Hikayat Munshi Abdullah. Mm-hmm. And there is uh, very few pages within inside that particular uh, that particular uh, publication. Uh, that speaks, well, not just speaks, that illustrate the process of photography. Now, this is like uh, being published in 1849, but he witnessed this in 1841. Um, the manner on how Munshi described this is uh, from the eyes of a teacher and the eyes of a, an experienced printer. And he described the image that he saw, which is what we call it as a, the, the garotype which mm-hmm. is a silver-plated um, first uh, ever sort of uh, early stage of history of uh, photography process. And he described it as a as very accurate rendition of uh, image. And this is where the shadows uh, recedes and highlights just reveals. And in his own words, Bayangnya Timbul Tenggelam. So we play with this uh, sort of a catchphrase and it's just appropriate as well. What is the connection between the exhibition itself and this idea? I mean, how does that translate into what a modern audience will experience? Well, Simon, uh, when Simon approached me uh, with this particular project late last year, um, it was uh, a rough idea to see photography in a different way. I mean, we've seen uh, photography exhibition has been curated uh, in a sense on a chronology and some of it with a canon of uh, certain photographers or named photographers, certain studios. Um, in a way, we're trying to see this as a collectively, as how this particular medium had shaped our sort of a visual narrative our own identity how our community is using this in all sorts of forms and shape so in, in a way it is just a trajectory from something such a simple observation arriving from munshi and it just opens up uh, many many different pathways of how this medium works if uh, i can add to that yes uh, please you know, uh, one of the most interesting things I think about Munshi's description is that it's a very empirical description of how the camera works. And 
very often when you uh, think about sort of like non-Western writings on sort of like photography or encounters with the camera, it's often sort of like, you know, discussed or described in either supernatural or, uh, uh, or, or takes on a sort of like supernatural sort of like lens, right? But uh, Munshi's sort of like encounter uh, is unique in the sense that it's a very sort of uh, empirical sort of like description of how the camera actually sort of works and his sort of like curiosity in trying to understand the mechanics or the, what he calls the hitmat of uh, of the camera, right? Mm. Of technology. Right. So, yeah, right. So we wanted to sort of like, um, I guess, sort of... Uh, Use uh, use that uh, the story as a kind of springboard in order to sort of uh, explore, I guess, uh, explore in some ways the sort of like uh, the way the way we sort of like come to encounter or understand modernity in this part of the world. Uh, through sort of like the meanings and values that people invest in the photographic image over the years. Uh, and how they sort of like find it useful uh, it, for various sort of like contexts and purposes. Right. Now, you do say quite upfront um, in the uh, in the press materials and so on that this exhibition is not meant to be about, it's not meant to be a history of photography. Um, but what is its aim then? What does it intend to show? So um, I think what we are sort of like interested to explore are also how uh, new dimensions and meanings, uh, I, the photograph actually can gain new dimensions and meanings through the different ways they were used, collected and displayed. Uh, perhaps uh, one of the best way to sort of like talk about this is uh, by sort of describing how the exhibition actually sort of like looks. So the exhibition is broadly divided into sort of two halves. The first section explores like, you know, the type of photographs that were normally taken in a photo studio. And the second part of the exhibition then telescopes outwards to explore how for the photo studio business is connected with a broader visual cultural landscape in Malaysia. Uh, and so through this sort of, uh, through this curatorial kind of like layout, uh, we hope that uh, visitors will be able to have a, an opportunity to actually uh, get a sense of the different ways in which the photograph is given sort of like, or is invested with meaning, right? Uh, and I think maybe uh, one of the most interesting sort of like uh, example uh, can, uh, maybe function can sort of like tell the story of sort of Eva Leon and how he <laughs> discovered sort of Eva Leong's uh, uh, photo portraits that were taken in the 1950s in Penang. So I accidentally found like a collection of photo of um, portraits of a young boy um, back in the 50s in Georgetown in one of the antique shops. So in, in that series of photos, this young boy slowly um, transitioned and transformed into a woman. Mm. So... Um, so when I first found this photo, I didn't know uh, what to do with it because it's so intimate and personal. So I started asking friends to discuss what to do with this photo. And then um, one friend from Penang managed to identify the subject. And then also the, the friend of Eva Leong is still alive. Eva Leong passed away in 2018. So, so Eva um, Leong is the subject of the photo. 
Yes, he's the right. subject of the photo. Mm. I mean, it occupies one substantial wall in, in the exhibition. Mm. If you do visit, you will see that. So, <clears throat> so uh, Anita, I mean, Anita is Ava's friend. She's still alive. So I've been interviewing Anita to get more kind of background stories of um, Ava and what, why was she so obsessed with going to the photo studio to, to take portraits almost every every month she would visit the, um, different studios in Georgetown once or twice. So she accumulated this really large amount of um, studio portraits of herself since 1950s to 1990s. So we were looking at possibly like hundreds of portraits of Ava Leung. Mm. So the way I read this is that she the photo studio somehow at that time was a safe um, space for her to be herself. I mean, Ava Leung is, uh, she's a transgender, I mean, quite clearly. Mm. So she could dress up, she could um, put on wigs and makeups. And, and in, in the portrait, you can tell that she's got very good interaction with the photographer as well. So, so that shows that um, there was a very different sort of, um, studio practice, not studio practice, how people see photo studio at that time and what they can do, you know, to, to be who they want to be. Right. To leave sort of photographic records. Mm. Um, I'm curious as to why this particular time period was chosen, because the photos that are being displayed, they're from the 1920s onwards to the 1970s. There are a couple of sort of reasons. Uh, principally, uh, it's also it, the the bulk of the collection actually comes from a, a private collector uh, by the name of Alex Mo. Alex Mo uh, was also a curator uh, on, uh, and also wrote, I, I think, one of the first sort of like historian on sort of Malaysian photography. Uh, and uh, and. A, a large part of this exhibition is built around Alex Mo's collection. Uh, and he has uh, very specifically, I think in discussion with uh, Azrael, uh, decided to sort of focus on uh, his collection, focus on building a collection on uh, 20th century sort of like photo studio photographs. Mm. Uh, correct, correct. Uh, what Simon had mentioned is uh, a certain focus would be good. This is um, sort of a definition in which, uh, uh, when, how how should I say? It's uh, when photography was no, it's already was actually at this point in time. Uh, image objects. These are tangible uh, things in which containing images. And all of this uh, pertaining towards how it's being utilized as well. Some of it is for communication. Some of it is meant towards uh, a certain purposes and specific reasons. Some of it for mass publication. Some of it are private usage as well in between. So when we look at all of these image objects, uh, photography had certainly served a certain specific purposes. Now, when, when we seen this collection over uh, at Alex's uh, place, uh, when we observe it like individually, it is hard to discern or determine uh, how this thing is going to be formulated. It's, it's pretty much like a, over, 
I think uh, it was mentioned, uh, 1,400 artifacts mm. uh, almost in total at the very least. And when you see it as a whole, the meaning goes deeper as well. But if you see it individually, it only lends only so far towards the meaning. So this is where I think collectively it becomes as a sort of a, its own narrative when photography is an image object. Right. Or was an image object. Mm. I mean, if, if I can just add, um, sure. actually, we have, we have a slideshow that is about um, uh, Bajuraya Sedondon that is contemporary, that is uh, right about now or five years ago from 2015 to 2020. So, um, I mean, the large part of the exhibition is based on Alex's um, collection, but we also have some other, uh, a small amount of um, Uh, exhibit that is more contemporary and mm. current. Well, we do need to take a quick break, but um, actually when we come back, I'm very interested to unpack a little bit this discussion on the uses of photography and what we can learn about culture and history uh, from those. Uh, but I am speaking to curators K. Azrael Ismail, Hu Fan Chon and Simon Soon, who um, put together the exhibition that is currently going on at Ilham Gallery called Bayangnya Itu Timbul Tenggelam. We'll be back after a short break. This is Front Row on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Front Row on The Bigger Picture and I'm Sharmila Ganesan. With me today are curators K. Azrael Ismail, Hu Fanchon and Simon Soon. They are the curators of a current exhibition that is happening at the Ilham Gallery called Bayangnya Itu Timbul Tenggelam, Photographic Cultures in Malaysia. That's happening until the 31st of December. So before the break, um, we got a little bit of insight into the kinds of, um, or rather the, the general uh, theme and the kinds of photos that we'll be seeing in this exhibition. The thing that I'm interested to talk about is this idea of um, the meaning of photography um, and, and the function of photography, because a lot of that has changed, hasn't it? I mean, um, taking a photo used to be kind of a big deal as, as, you know, as recently as a couple of decades ago. And then now it's become such an easy and almost disposable act. How does your exhibition engage with this huge change? I think it um, it is also worth sort of like reminding ourselves that you know uh, uh, over the course of the 20th century, even in the early 20th century, let's say, uh, the proliferation of the sort of like photographic image or, uh, was at such a sort of like scale that uh, it has sort of like totally sort of like altered the way we sort of like understand its place within our visual culture, right? If in the past it was primarily, uh, we primarily rely on sort of like, uh, you know, hand drawing or, 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 or illustration in order to sort of, as a sort of like the main sort of like form of representing uh, something else. Uh, I think in the early 20th, by the early 20th century, it is safe to say the photographic sort of like image had overtaken Uh, you know the hand-drawn sort of illustration as the primary uh, uh, form of image form uh, uh, that sort of like shaped our sort of like visual culture and visual narrative. Yeah, uh, if I may add, I mean, like um, in inside the uh, the text of Munshi, he used a specific word, which is uh, the word gamba. Mm. Um, of course, uh, with a modern narrative now, we gamba suggests. Photography, but gamba in the past uh, is 
what Mushi had described is uh, more of uh, an action of a pengukir or a sculptor, a carver. Mm. So that means it's an action of a sort of form of a, uh, of a drawing or, or a descriptive illustration of what is being observed. Like menggambarkan. So, uh, mm. Menggambarkan. So mm. that is uh, true to its sort of meaning since the, uh, I, I guess it would be much, much earlier because I'm seeing the etymology goes as far as uh, 1700, even maybe early on, mm. on some of the texts. So this, uh, how Munshi had utilized this phrase, bayangnya, as what was mentioned earlier, it's, it could be seen as a poetic manner. Uh, so with this in mind, the action of like photography becomes in its own way, uh, uh, directly is uh, poetic in its own sense. So this is where it becomes as a reminiscence of things. And if you come over to the gallery and see now all these images has been utilized it's almost some of them were querying it's like wow dude this existed here in in malaya or malaysia or wherever that this arrived from and it's not even so much of a distant past as well mm. so i mean uh, observe like for example like yeah there are japanese sitters in a japanese studio in malaya and these are actual original artifacts and prints, uh, photographic prints as well. So right. it's unusual as well to see this sort of magnitude, I, I believe, uh, to see it collectively. Mm. Now, you did mention um, earlier that uh, there are about there are about 1,400 artifacts on display. Um now, can you give us, I know earlier, Fanchon, you talked a little bit about the Eva Leong series. Uh, can you give us more examples of the kinds of photos that we'll see in the exhibition? So there are a lot of like studio portrait, uh, portraiture, uh, studio portraits. Uh, but, you know, uh, besides the sort of like uh, studio portraits, uh, we also uh, included, uh, you know, uh, album sleeves, mm. uh, music album sort of like uh, covers. Yeah. Um, uh, there are also greeting cards uh, that, uh, you know, trick photography was uh, a rage in the sort of like 1960s. Mm -hmm. uh, and as part of this sort of exhibition, we're also sort of recreating a 1930s uh, like photo studio in the gallery uh, so that, uh, you know, uh, for the, for, especially for the younger generation, who has never, you know, stepped into a photo studio before or really sort of like <laughs> the, the significance of the photo studio as a kind of like, in, uh, you know, a, a kind of social institution, yeah. especially within uh, now, across Malaysia. Yeah. Do they get to have a photo taken? <laughs> yes. Actually, oh, lovely. <laughs> alongside with, uh, you know, uh, painted backdrops mm -hmm. that's been sort of like collected by Alex and Asriel over the years as well. Right. Sorry, can I, can I just add? I mean, instead of just um, photographic prints, there's also, <clears throat> we are showing like quite a, a big collection of um, fresh nose postcards as well. Mm. And those like collectibles uh, the, by... Uh, made by the tobacco company right back in the 20th century so I mean we um, it's not just photographic prints what I'm saying I mean um, how photography was used in many other forms right. say in magazine postcards and many other ways it, it, quite a diverse sort of like range of format I think one of the 
uh, most delightful thing that we managed to include at the last minute uh, is a slide projector of 19th century sort of like uh, uh, photographs of like uh, Malayan townscapes. Mm. And um, I mean, of course, given that the exhibition spans uh, about five decades um, and photography evolved technologically in terms of technique over that time, uh, do we kind of get a sense of that as well in this exhibition? I think so, because if you look at how we used to take portrait at the photo studio and if we look at how we um, take selfie with our smartphone and post it on Instagram, mm-hmm. how we try to edit and add um, different sort of filters and stuff. That There's not a lot difference in that, just the way um, in the past, I mean, when we go to the photo studio, we take a photo, we have a physical print, but these days we disseminate photo in, in a very different way, yep. largely, mainly through social media. Yeah, quite true. I, I do agree on how Fanchon had had coined it. Um, the the interesting bits and elements uh, to the um, on how all of this Instagram, Facebook, or whatever form of social media, they tend to emulate as how it was like taken in the past. Mm-hmm. They sepia tone it. They add graphical elements. These are mm-hmm. these were all even were done in the past. All this like a fancy trickery to enhance, to glamorize, is all is all there. <laughs> we it's all, all there. just want to look our best in the photos, don't we? <laughs> well, th- that's the intended reason. <laughs> um, and what about specifically the technology involved? I mean, um, I know that you were saying there there are things like daguerreotypes and all on on display uh, for people who are very much of this current era. Um, is there also that aspect on display, the behind the scenes of how photography worked? Um, yeah, uh, there are sort of equipments that are on display, but uh, what we try to sort of do with the exhibition is to also make it more educational and reconstructed a sort of timeline to give, uh, you know, a chronological timeline so that you're able to sort of like have an overview of, uh, you know, the history of the sort of camera technology as well as the history of sort of like photography in this part of the world and read the exhibition uh, al- uh, alongside or against the, uh, the timeline that is, uh, uh, that is uh, displayed on the wall. Um, I was curious about um, something that you mentioned earlier in terms of, or rather you touched on it briefly in terms of getting a sense of uh, our history and and the diversity of our influences. But I was curious to find out what what do you think these photos say about Malaysia and uh, its history, the, the kind of social changes that we've been through? For me, what I really like about the photographs is how playful they are. Uh, uh, very often the, 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 uh, there's a sort of like sly cheekiness mm-hmm. uh, in, in many of them. Uh, uh, the, there are also sort of like moments where you see a particular uh, a person from a particular sort of like racial group or racial identity uh, dressing up as you know someone else. I like all these sort of like um, uh, the more sort of like playful sort of aspect of photography. Mm. Uh, of the sort of like photographic studio sort of like culture is something that uh, that interests me a lot. Uh, Fanchon? Um, yeah, in one of the audio recording, which is in the exhibition where Mr. Yip Waikong, who was the, the owner of a photo studio in Georgetown back in the 50s and 60s, he, he used to take this photo um, for 
the Nyonya community particularly, they will go to the studio and they will just, it's called the luck changing photo basically, where you go in, you sit and you put on your jewelry and everything like a proper studio portrait, mm -hmm. but there's no film involved in the process, meaning it's just the act of having your photo taken so, uh, will change your luck. Oh. So I think, yeah, so um, you, you will still see the flash, but there's no photo. There's no really. film, so the, the, the image is no not film. recorded. Uh, yeah, Actually. so I think this is particularly interesting because how people give meaning to this Western invention, you know, of mm. the whole camera and how they use it to their own, um, not, not to say advantage, I mean, they, they use it for their own benefit. Right. And and that this it's almost um, normalized into each particular cultural tradition. Yes, yeah, some ways they find ways to translate this new alien technology <laughs> into a sort of like a universe, cultural universe that they are familiar with. Yeah, yeah. Azril, mm. any thoughts on um, mm. what you think these photos tell us about Malaysia and its history? Well, the way I look at it, it's. Um, Specifically, all of these photos are sort of like small little markers of one's life or the sitter's life. You can never get the whole story, actually, but that's how it's being built. You get like partial narrative because like all photographs, um, everybody's on their best dress, best <laughs> behavior as much as they can. Mm -hmm. And they, they try to be, uh, uh, to emulate to their best representation. And then all of these equipments, all the cameras, they made the sitters as an emancipated sort of sitters, in which what it means is like the camera itself is uh, an, an entity within the room and it observes, it documents. So how does it affect Malaysia as a whole? Of course, it formulates, it, it forms and shapes in all sorts of medium. Uh, you can see the fashion change through through what we casually observe in a lot of uh, popular magazine. So and it shapes as well as we see in the uh, in the studio settings or in the uh, uh, sort of uh, vernacular images. Mm. So it influences. It has a vast influence. It interconnects as well from one image or from one collection to the next. So that's an interesting bit I can take from this exhibition. Mm. Now, looking at um, looking at this, it, it is quite a, a large, uh, large exhibition of uh, visual images. Is it possible to get some sense of what a a Malaysian photographic identity might be? Are there similarities that come across? Um, are there overall, um, you know, stories or themes that seem to be repeated? Well, that's a that's a predicament when we put it in a geographic sorts of uh, <laughs> limitation. <laughs> mm. um, but it is there. It is there. I mean, um, so some of the uh, for me, it's like uh, it's obviously seen in the studio settings. Um, uh, the correction bit right here. The studio setting that is being seen over at the corner is the nineteen fifties, but accumulatively, it's a collect uh, collection of a. Uh, contraptions and tools uh, that started in 1930s, 1930s upward. 
and the sitters and the images they use the props the props is identifiable that is uniquely malaya in some ways from the unique background and some of the uh, 1960s 1970s you start seeing that uh, the chair is being built with wrought iron or bamboo mm. and in the shape of pucuk paku which is unique Malaya. You mm-hmm. don't see this in our neighboring country in Thailand or in Aceh as well. So we we are formulating in terms of props, in terms on how the scene around the studio uh, shaped towards our own sets of, um, uh, I guess, settings. Yeah, I, I guess as a sort of exhibition, uh, you know, uh, what it does is sort of it assembles uh, uh, a whole sort of like range of. Uh, photographic images, uh, which in and of itself, in uh, on an individual sort of like level, it wouldn't like, uh, uh, you wouldn't be able to sort of like, you know, tell that there is a distinctly sort of like Malaysian quality to it. Mm. But uh, put these objects sort of like side to side next to each other, uh, I think slowly uh, uh, something of a sentiment or sensibility actually emerges. You get a sense of this with the music album covers. You get a sense of this with like, you know, the slight projection on sort of like colonial landscape. Uh, you get a sense of this with uh, the postcards, the Nusantara sort of like post, uh, postcards of sort of like women from the Nusantara. Uh, so viewing uh, things in sort of like a collection actually sort of like allows for a kind of sensibility to sort of emerge. And it's very hard to sort of like describe what this sensibility is. Mm. And part of the exhibition of sort of like staging, staging this exhibition is uh, to invite the public to actually come and discover this sensibility together with us. Fanchon, any final thoughts to add? If I can romantically think that, I think what makes it uniquely Malaysian is perhaps in many of the photos, um, there is a sense of humor where people, I mean, we don't take ourselves too seriously mm. during the photography, I mean, the photo taking process and people allow themselves to be playful and to perform or to <clears throat> to to play a, a different identity or I think you can see that in many of the photo studio portraits and then also you see in the more current trend where this um, uh, Bajuraya Sadondong mm-hmm. where this is how Malaysian would use photography is to to have fun I mean that's that's how I would see it Oh, I think that's a lovely note to end on. Uh, thank you so much, Azrael. Thank you, Fanchon. And thank you, Simon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. I've been speaking with K. Azrael Ismail, Hu Fanchon and Simon Soon, who are the curators of a photography exhibition that is currently happening at Ilham Gallery until the 31st of December. It's called Bayangnya Itu Timbul Tenggelam, Photographic Cultures in Malaysia. And um, if you've missed any part of this interview or any previous front row segments, you can download the podcasts on bfm.my, on our BFM app or on Spotify. You've been listening to Front Row on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.